welcome to Easy Bake Takes, the podcast, where we read you the one-star reviews of your favorite movies and more. My name's Kat. And I'm Riley. And it's been a minute since we've done a TV show. Might be overdue. That's on us. <laughs> what was the last one? Gossip Girl. Oh, that was good. That was good. Go Piss Girl. Go Piss Girl. <laughs> so this week, we're going to be doing Primal, TV series that was on Adult Swim, or still is, like the show isn't over. Started in 2019. It is TV mature. It's set in a anachronistic Oh, anachronistic. Anachronist, fantastical, prehistoric world. There's dinosaurs and Vikings in the same world. The plot surrounds the survival and bond between a Neanderthal male named Spear and a female Tyrannosaurus Rex named Fang as they struggle day to day and battle against various carnivorous dinosaurs, prehistoric mammals, and other dangerous animals, along with more advanced groups of Homo sapiens that also live in their world, including Viking-like Iron Man. I sorry, <laughs> Iron Man shows up. Don't fucking Tony Stark (laughs) including Viking like Iron Age humans I kind of wish I knew that they had names because my notes are just dinosaur and guy. Yeah, dinosaur and guy. It's one of the things where you, you do have to kind of read it and go like, oh, because I should also mention this show has no dialogue. Yeah. There is a character who actually does speak, not until the last episode of season one and later in season two. Spoilies. Well, hold on. But she um, she only speaks Arabic, so there's there's no other dialogue. And then there's also like they meet other people, but they speak another language too. Yeah. Really, I, I had to give it my full 100% attention. If you're not watching it, you're not watching it. It is a visual show exclusively. I will say not not fully ADHD friendly. I had to rewind a lot. <laughs> Oh, I, I, they're only 20 minutes each, so I thought it was an easier watch. Yeah. Compared to, like, longer shows, but yeah. We have creator Jendi Tartakovsky, who produced Samurai Jack and Dexter's Laboratory. So if you're familiar with those shows, those were Cartoon Network shows that were on for years. They remade Samurai Jack, or, like, they made a newer version of it that I think is more adult. Yes, they're... Uh, my boyfriend Austin cl- watched it growing up. There's a clear difference between the first few seasons and the, the later seasons they released. Very different. Yeah. I never watched Samurai Jack. I was like, that looks like the professor from Power of Girls. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I never watched it either, but um, it was kind of like its own little cult classic. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Dexter's Laboratory. DD, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love Dexter's Laboratory. Oh, yeah. It was a good show. Is Dexter's Laboratory the omelette du fromage one? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this guy created them. He was a producer for both of them. Yeah. I do have a cast, but again, this is a non-dialogue show, so... Man, he pops up everywhere. I know, exactly. Aaron <laughs> um, <laughs> LaPlante, he makes the noises for Spear, and then... Letitia Ito voices Myra. I haven't met her yet, though. You haven't met her yet. You will, though. So, and then everyone else is just like Dinosaur One, or as we can see right here, we have a cameo from Tom Kenny, who, if you don't know him, voices SpongeBob, Ice King, various other characters from our childhood. He voices Monkey One <laughs> in one episode. The starring role of Monkey One. The starring role. <laughs> I do have some trivia. Tara Tovowski conceived the idea of this series while developing the last season of Samurai Jack in 2017. Originally, it was going to be a more kids-oriented story with Spear written as a kid, but when Pixar released The Good Dinosaur in 2015, Tara Tovowski shelved the project until finishing Samurai Jack. 
And I'm wondering what was the flip from making this the Cartoon Network kids show to this very adult swim violent show. The Good Dinosaur did not do well, right? It didn't do well. It did not. It was probably like, hey, this, I don't know if kids are going to be as into this as originally thought. Probably saw how the Good Dinosaur did and was like, maybe this story would be more entertaining and interesting for people if it was for adults. Yeah. And you mentioned the Samurai Jack ones. They did end up becoming more gory or violent towards the end. So I'm wondering if that was just his shift and what he wanted to do. Yeah. He didn't want to cater to kids anymore. Yeah. Which is interesting. I think it's pretty interesting. Yeah. According to art director Scott Willis, nature documentaries were a significant source of inspiration for Primal, which makes sense. I could see that in how they like set the animal interactions up for sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Spears' design actually appeared in an episode Dexter lab when a caveman is transported to the present and becomes friends with Dee Dee. The first Cartoon Network Studios series to be entirely produced and aired on Adult Swim, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. This marks the fifth show created by Jendi Tartikovsky for Cartoon Network Studies after Dexter's Laboratory, Samurai Jack, developed Star Wars Clone Wars, and co-created Sim Bionic Titan. So those were all projects he was associated with. Never heard that last one before. I didn't know it either. Director's trademark. So Tom Kenny voices some of the monkeys in the episode Rage of the Ape Man. He has worked with Tara Trafosky on most of his projects, which I love. Yeah, I love stuff like that. To me, I feel like it sounds like you're a bearable person to be around at the very least. And to work with. But like, you support each other's vision, like artistic vision, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And when I like both of them too, I don't know, it's just like one of those things where like, oh, I like that those two artists that I really like, like each other and work well together. Yes. Oh, that was the last of my trivia. Do you want to hear why I thought it works first? Yes. Yes. Oh, well, I want to hear what your opinions and why you think it works or doesn't work. Okay. I'm not going to get into my episode specific notes yet. Okay. Apparently Noah told me to watch this show. Oh, really? I feel like Noah would like this show. I know. I told him, I was like, I think you'd like that. He's like, I literally told you you should watch that. I was like, oops. <laughs> but I think it can be pretty difficult to achieve that level of storytelling without dialogue sometimes. Uh -huh. I mean, it's been done many times, but when it's done well, it really stands out. And I think that's something that this show does really well with visual storytelling, as well as the choices of music. And it has really good sound design. And the Foley is really good in this too. Yeah. But like the sound design really stuck out to me with it because I think it just like works and it's really cool and enhances a lot about the storytelling outside of just the visuals of it. Mm -hmm. The music helps a lot with like creating the emotional moments that the show has. It's a feat to get you to care about a character that you you just have to very quickly like have empathy for him when you go into it. Yeah. And like they do that so well. Like I so quickly feel empathy for this character, flashes of his family and like seeing his flashbacks and stuff. It just works so well for something that's kind of a simple idea and like concept. I think something that also worked for me is that it, it has like a comic book feel to it in the visuals, but it also feels like a video game. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it's very simple in the, in the like visuals of it, but it's detailed at the same time. Like when you get closer up to things, it's more detailed and that kind of gave me video game vibes. I get that, yeah. This would make a good video game too. It totally would. 
something else that worked for it the backgrounds are so pretty it's such a specific style yeah i'm not gonna lie it's the kind of thing that like if i saw it i wouldn't necessarily click on it but when you watch it you get like immersed into it you get like appreciate the beauty of it again just like simple yet detailed is the best way i can describe why this show works so well i totally agree also it's still goofy at times too like it still manages to be goofy yeah it's still got a silliness to it you know that's what i think works i think the only thing i feel that doesn't work is the lack of dialogue for me as somebody with not a great attention span i i have to like give it my 100 percent attention to like really ab- absorb everything that's happening yeah but that's more of a personal responsibility issue than <laughs> an issue with the show you know but it, i don't know if i would have been able to sit through it and get the same experience if we weren't reviewing it if that makes if sense if it wasn't homework <laughs> yeah if it wasn't for the benefit of the show yes I also will say there are episodes that are more entertaining than others. Mm-hmm. But I do understand, like, you have to be sitting here watching it in order to... You can't even look away. You like... can't even look away because the whole content is just looking at it. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because, like, um, I can't think of a show I've ro- watched recently where there's no dialogue. I can't... I can't, I'm having a hard time thinking of anything with no dialogue. And I know there's it's out there, but... There's plenty of, like, kids' shows where there's no dialogue, which... Makes sense for, like, where this idea started, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, was there, did you watch The Good Dinosaur? Was there dialogue in it? Oh, yeah, the dinosaurs talk, but the, the little kid doesn't. I can't really think of a whole lot of shows where there's absolutely no dialogue. I mean, I've seen a lot of short films that are like that, but to commit a whole series to being mostly without dialogue is pretty impressive. It, yeah. The gore didn't bother me either, though. It didn't. I know you were, you warned me about it. It's not really like... I a, didn't know how you would feel about it. No, I've seen, I've seen worse cartoon gore. <laughs> I've seen the first episode of Invincible, okay? <laughs> that shit okay. was disgusting. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Good show, though. It is a good show, yeah. <laughs> the show gets to that point because there there are points where it's super gory. I don't think we've gone in, probably in the first three episodes, we probably haven't gone there yet. There's a lot of blood, no guts, though, you know. I don't know. I'm just thinking of episode five. Just watch episode five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not that it bothers me, but it is one of those things where how long they spend on the gore. I think that's the thing about this show is how long they will spend on the violent gore. Yeah, that makes sense. So things that I thought would work with this show. I really, really like this show. The minute I saw a dinosaur, I was like, duh. Exactly. I was like, cartoon animated show about a dinosaur caveman. I'm in. It is also a beautifully animated show. I totally agree. And really fun to watch. Felt like reading. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like with the comic book thing. Mm -hmm. It felt like a graphic novel. Every scene is, you know, every panel, you know. Yeah, it's like meticulously thought out panels of, yeah. I like that. I like that way of describing it because I agree. And you have to look at it. (laughs) (laughs) Yup. You know how bad I am at reading books. Like... The fact that it's for adults, I think adults are just drawn to like what can make the what part of the show makes it for adults. I think you suit. Why you, can't kids watch this? Why can't kids watch this? And you find out pretty quickly why, because it's it would make them cry. Mm-hmm. If it came out when I was a kid, I probably would have watched it way too young and been like really sad about it. But I probably would just watch it over and over and over again. Yeah. I think this show does bring back that nostalgia of like all those cartoon dinosaur shows that I watch. And I feel like that could resonate with other people. It seems like the kind of show that like, even if you didn't grow up watching a lot of dinosaur stuff, it still has that like n- nostalgia to it. It just seems like old Cartoon Network. Yes. 
this show that we've already talked about this, it is without dialogue, which I, in my opinion, I think really, it just gives that edge to this show that I think dialogue might have taken away from it. Just depending on how they would have written it, I don't know. It could have been great with dialogue, but it is so interesting without it. Yeah, I think it's necessary for like the subject matter. Even if one of them could talk, like they would they would still have to communicate in like that same, the same way that they already do with like looks and like grunts and it, it wouldn't, it, it would take away from it, I think. Yeah. And if they made the dinosaur talk, I wouldn't. I'd be, okay. It would have definitely take away. It would have made it cheesy. It would have been too goofy. A little too goofy. The main thing about this show, though, is that it has a lot of heart to it and tenderness. It gets really dark emotionally. Both our characters face tragedy. They both lose their families in the first episode. And they're bonded by this trauma, this tragedy together. And it's devastating. And as you watch the show through the season, you watch them not only work together, but bond together and really care about each other. There's actually certain episodes where I can't watch them because they're just too sad. The little kid in me just gets way too sad about them. Don't make me cry, dinosaur. <laughs> like the third episode that we'll talk about in a few minutes, the woolly mammoth one, that one made me sad. I cried. Yeah, it's a sad episode, but I do love it. I do love that there's this tenderness and emotional. It's not just dinosaurs ripping each other apart, you know? Like this show does have heart, and I really love that. Yeah. And I do think this show does work because it is in an essence, a simple story. Each episode is caveman and dinosaur fight dinosaur or whatever monster they encounter. It's not complex at all. It's pretty simple to explain. Even the emotional parts are like very straightforward. You know exactly why that this flashback is happening now for him and what it means. Even though like there's so much depth to it, it's like still It's not complex. You could still yeah, you could you can you can understand it without having to like know a lot about him. Exactly. Yeah, complicated stories are interesting, but people love simple, graspable stories that just gets straight to the point. Me and potatoes, you know? <laughs> it's just very, um, it's very straight to the point. And grief. And grief. <laughs> and trauma. <laughs> and PTSD flashbacks. Yup. <laughs> this show has a little bit more than what I'm giving it credit, but it is, like, episode-wise, how it's constructed. Yeah. Alright, let's do episode breakdown. Unless you want to add something. Um, no, I'm ready to go under the, the episodes. Alright, we are going to start with episode one, season one. And it's just titled Spear and Fang. So, the description for this episode is, A Neanderthal named Spear returns from a fishing trip to find his mate and two children devoured by a trio of horned red gigantosaurus. He's extremely distraught and vows to take revenge. He sees the silhouette of a dinosaur, believing it to be one of the gigantosaurus that killed his family. Spear silently pursues it into the thicket, instead seeing it is a bluish-green tyrannosaurus named Fang with two offspring. Spear realizes his mistake and befriends the offspring just as they are attacked by the gigantosaurus pack. Though Spear helps Fang kill the trio, their gargantuan alpha eats Fang's offspring before they manage to slay it, leaving Fang distraught over the loss of her hatchlings. Spear leaves Fang to mourn, but she falls and rejoins him later, and the two decide to travel together. This is where our two heroes begin in their adventures. So what are your thoughts on the first episode? Okay. Um, well, this is where I wrote my note about like, like I was just a few minutes in and I was like, the storytelling on this thing, my God. <laughs> it invested me very quickly. You get to a moment where he's looking at like the cave drawing of his family and then he goes and stands on the edge of a cliff 
and is thinking about ending his life. And he's having like an angry outburst just after seeing his family and like feeling the loss of his family. I thought the baby dinos were really cute. Yep. I was like, oh, these are going to be around for a while. <laughs> oh, no. I wrote, how rude of them <laughs> to kill the babies off just as I'm getting attached to them. Right in front of me. <laughs> Yeah, right in front of my eyes. These are my children. What are you doing? I already named them. What do you yeah. mean? What do you mean they get eaten? I already named them. That's dinky and that's tiny. What are we? Oh God. But so that was rude. Um, and then Fang reminds me a lot of like Ruby. Oh, more so in like the other episodes. But like the the babies reminded me of him too because they just like you don't get a choice to pet him. He just. You've met him. You know how he is. Uh-huh. Head in your lap. But they, like, just the demeanor of the dinosaurs kind of reminds me of, like, a, a dog. They're very dog-like. They are. Yeah. In general, like, their dynamic is very, like, man and his dog. Yeah. Man and his best friend. Yeah. The sci-fi trope, a man and his dog. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to expect. You didn't give me a whole lot whenever you told me about it. I kind of threw you in. <laughs> I mean, there was a, I don't think there was much you could say to prepare me for it. Without giving everything away, you know? Yeah, I just wasn't expecting to, to be so invested in either of the characters so quickly. And I, I think it's interesting how quickly he's able to be like, okay, no, you are no longer a threat because you have a family that you have to take care of and I'm not going to take you away from your family. Yeah, he's not evil. No. Because he, he understands what that loss feels like. It's what they bond over. Yeah, and those moments happen in, in the other two episodes too, but I'll, I'll get to the specifics on those ones when we get there, but like, wow. Yeah, I think it was really smart of them to do, because just to start the show with caveman and dinosaur doing things might be entertaining, but the emotional aspect really draws people in. Yeah, because if it was anything else, like if they had already had that dynamic, this show would probably have to have been sold as like more of a comedy than it is. Yeah. It's the same with the dialogue. Like, it, if there was dialogue, it would have to be turned into way more of a comedy. It would just have that layer of goofiness. Yeah. And there, I mean, obviously, there's a way to blend deep and emotional things with comedy and, like, make it successful. We watched Bojack Horseman. With <laughs> yes. <laughs> But, like, I'm thankful for that choice. It makes it stand out. This is what this show is. Like, you are, you're going to be sad. You're going to be sad. You're going to cry. You're going to get attached to characters. You're going to get attached to baby dinosaurs that they kill off immediately. <laughs> Don't name them. Don't get attached. I'm sorry. I miss, I miss <laughs> Dinky and Tiny a lot. It's a hard-hitting first episode. I also think this episode will tell you if you like it, if you're gonna like it or not. Because it might just be too much. Because like you might be like, no, I don't like this aspect of baby dinosaurs being eaten. <laughs> right? but yeah, I did. I didn't come here to cry, you know. <laughs> but I do think most people who watch this and end up watching it like respected like what we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. If this is your type of show, it's a good version of that. But if it's not, I don't blame you. Like, if you don't want to be sad. I don't blame you if you, if you, yeah. Anything you would like to add about this first episode? No, I th that's all the notes that I had on that first one. Just grieving the loss of my babies. I felt the same way too, you know, just with this one. I feel like that's kind of purposeful. That It's kind of like a tool to get you into that mindset in a way. To like have, you be like, oh, wow, he's, he's already bonding with these babies. That must mean that they're going to, they're, they're going to be here. I'm attached. Yeah. Like it seems purposeful to try and get you attached to them and then kill them off so you feel at least a speck of the grief and loss that the characters are feeling. That's just me. Yeah. 
And also just to show you the character that Spear is. Like, he's not mm-hmm. this monster. He's a He is caring. I mean, he's brutal when he has to be. He can be quite gentle at times. Yeah. His violence is only out of survival. Absolutely. He, he's only ever aggressive or violent when it's life or death. Like, it's not just because. Oh, yeah. Only when it's necessary. And Fang, as you'll see later, she kind of starts out as just like, oh, yeah, she's just a dinosaur. So she's going to she's gonna be a dinosaur. But you, you see... You see her character come out as well, especially, I wouldn't even say, probably in season two, you get to see her really show as a character, which is odd because she's a dinosaur that doesn't talk, but it's just how the show is. So's he. Exactly. <laughs> but he, it, it's really impressive how this show shows character and personality over two beings that don't talk. Yeah. We're going to move on to episode two. So while hunting, I don't remember what to call this one. It's like a ancient warthog. So they're hunting together. Fang consistently steals any food she and Spear come across, causing him to grow increasingly agitated at her. Eventually, Spear snaps and attacks Fang, losing his spear in the process. But their fight is interrupted when they wander into a den of Titan and Oboas. A flash flood rushes them and the snakes into a swampy river where a much bigger one attacks them though Fang kills it. Despite working together to stay afloat, she and Spear fall down a waterfall, causing him to hit his head on the way down. Fang pulls Spear from the water. As he comes to, Fang fetches Spear's lost weapon. They reconcile and continue their journey together, now hunting food as a team. They're going to work together now. I thought the title sequence was cool. I don't know if they did this in the first one, but it's like just the flashes of him and and Fang running as like the title sequences pop up. Yeah. The visual humor is hilarious on this episode between him and Fang, Mm -hmm. like while they're hunting. Also when they're sleeping (laughs) and he's like, God damn it, this thing snores. (laughs) (laughs) And he's having like a freaking prehistoric PTSD flashback. Yep. (laughs) But... But this is another moment where Fang reminded me of Ruby because mm-hmm. he, most dogs will just beg. He'll snatch it out of your mouth yeah. at times. <laughs> yep. But this is where I realized it reminded me of a video game. The art style looks so much like it would be like an indie video game. Yeah. Also, I thought the after the snake thing, when they're in the water, the little dino feet treading water. <laughs> Jordan is so cute. <laughs> yeah. When she dog paddles, it's very, very cute. It was adorable. And then the, the waterfall moment, I, could, I couldn't help but uh, think of Emperor's New Groove. That's funny. Booyah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. there's a waterfall behind me isn't there <laughs> bring it on <laughs> also this man is fucking indestructible yes that's a good point to bring up without spoiling anything this show is you wonder what they can't do not to say they don't have their struggles but it is pretty this show is so entertaining to watch in the aspect of like no limits they're really the I don't even know, I don't even, I I lost my train of thought. There are no limits to this or what they're both capable of. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. And like so far after watching three of them, I don't know how it goes when you keep going, but you obviously seem to still enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I know that that could be dangerous to have like no limits to what can like stop the characters from doing something. I mean, there are like other creatures that are kind of blockades and limits or whatever, but like he smacked... (laughs) 
and bounced off of like three different rocks and then hit the ground. I could see that going badly, but I'm glad to hear that it doesn't lose any of its entertaining qualities by doing that. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I will say the first season is episodic. Through the season, like it's just crazy what they create as what they end up fighting. It's entertaining just to see the different variety of what this world has because it's not this is not a realistic show so again you don't know what actually lives or exists in this in this universe that we're watching yeah so i will say that probably helps with the no limitness to it yeah yeah again not to say they don't have weaknesses and they or that they win they constantly are winning necessarily all the time that is kind of another similarity with video games where like if in real life your character took that kind of hit they wouldn't just drop hp points they'd be dead or dying you know but like in a video game it just damages you a little bit it doesn't kill your character and this is how that show feels because the character will take a hit and and you're like, oh, in normal shows, they would not get back up. Which, yeah, the more you say it, it feels like a video game, the more I'm like, yeah, it actually kind of does. Yeah. And I will say for season two, it becomes way more of a narrative. It's still that kind of component of like every episode we're finding someone new. But there is a storyline. There is a storyline that we're actually following. Yeah. So, so I, I'm guessing that means they have like more of a goal in the second season that yes. they're working towards. Okay. Most yeah. Because this one, it, the encounters seem like walked upon. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's the first season. Second season, way more of a narrative. Okay. So this is uh, episode three in season one. It's called The Cold Death. In the harshness of primordial winter, a one-tusked elderly woolly mammoth is separated from its herd and subsequently killed by Spear and Fang. Spear harvests as much meat from it as he can, using its tusks to pull a makeshift sled. When the dead mammoth's herd comes across their desecrated elder, they follow the sled's tracks and attack Spear and Fang. The pair attempt to fight them off, but are quickly overwhelmed by their power and numbers. In a final act of desperation, Spear defends himself with the elder mammoth's tusk and notices that the other mammoths stop their attack upon seeing it. He returns the test to the mammoths who leave the pair in peace and bring it to the graveyard to mourn. And I will say, well, you, you, you tell me what you thought first. Um, well, I, I think something interesting about this episode that like it makes it feel different is like that the show allowed for the main characters to do something that is wrong essentially and framing it as such mm-hmm. or like showing the repercussion of like what they did and how that kind of goes against what Spear, his character is like kind of built to be so far. They allow the mammoths to not be the bad guys in the end. And that further helps with like empathizing with the characters and getting invested in them because they fucked up. Mm-hmm. I wrote Mammoth Sad Face because <laughs> it was this is when I first saw the one that was like trailing behind, missing a tusk. You know, he's not doing great. Um, and then when he was fighting them, he was really um, fighting with a desperation that like other beasts that they hadn't encountered before. It's like the first one where it was like, this thing isn't fighting because it wants to kill you. It's fighting because it doesn't want you to kill it. It's fighting for its life. Yeah, it's defensively fighting against you. And um, I wrote that the mammoth said, today is not my day, bitch. And then I said, wrong. <laughs> I got it. I got ahead of myself so many times while writing these notes. You can't predict which characters are going to live. And then I said, man gain empathy points. That's <laughs> <laughs> where humans learn empathy. <laughs> Yes. Like he he's already killed this thing mm-hmm. and he's looking at its eyes and that's when he's like, "Oh no. Oops. Oops, but I got to eat." 
Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. You can argue like, well, they're just doing what animals do, which is eat each other. And But you can also argue, like you said earlier, I mean, they kind of did what the Gigantosauruses did at the beginning with both their families. And that's kind of what they did with the mammoth herd. It was just the emotion that is conveyed when you just see that the mammoth's eye close after he kills it. What the fuck? Yeah, (laughs) it is what the fuck. (laughs) And then like them showing the flashback with his son, Mm. you can see in his son's face that he's like, I don't know if I liked that. I don't know if I enjoyed killing this thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was a little more of like an interpretation thing, but you can kind of see like maybe that his children were the ones that like taught him to be more gentle and to like respect life a little bit more outside of what he's hunting. Because when he's hunting the boar, the boar is attacking him and it's like running at him or like it's it's aggressive towards him. Mm-hmm. When he's attacking the, I guess, is it a deer? Whatever the elk looking thing is. Yeah. You could call it deer. Prehistoric elk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were just in a field. They were just chilling. They like were preying upon it. And yeah, I feel it. It just feels like his kids softened him a lot. And the moment of just both of them putting their hands on this animal and recognizing that it was a being with a life kind of moment is just so gentle and emotional. Again, what the fuck? What the fuck? Um... <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> what he's he's doing his cave drawing <laughs> i said dear diary <laughs> today i fucked up today i killed a mammoth and i felt really bad about it <laughs> that's all i can hear dear he's just hammering into it dear diary it takes like four hours to write a d into a wall <laughs> the most important thing i learned at boating school is <laughs> oh <laughs> After he does this drawing, I wrote, uh-oh, Mammoth's mad. And then, like, this is where it really set into me that, like, the th- an overarching theme of these three episodes so far is about loss and grieving. And then, you know, after they have the fight, and, like, at first I was like, man, these guys are mad. But when they just, all they want is what's left of the mammoth and they take it and they leave and they they stop fighting they just wanted they wanted their fucking family member back they wanted to lay their family member to rest that's all they wanted to be able to grieve properly or as much as they could and that's what i was crying yep (laughs) what the fuck what the fuck The third episode specifically, like the first episode is great. It's a great introduction into the show and really shows you what you're getting into and invests you in everything that you're about to embark on with these characters. Yep. This episode, like you were saying, it's a very different kind of feeling. Yeah. Because you are seeing it from the perspective of the people who committed the the murder and seeing what it's like to watch the aftermath of that. From the other side of being the ones that took the mama's family member, you know? Yeah. And it's like in in retrospect, their anger is completely justified. Very justified. Spear and Fang would be just as angry and they have been. Yeah. Very heavy in a different way. Just a different perspective, which is just fucking this show is what the fuck it has a lot of depth and you wouldn't guess it from just Mm -hmm. getting like a trailer from it and to add on to that it's like knowing the show and so when the mammoth showed up the first time i was watching this 
I was thinking, oh no, it's going to be a bloodbath. But this show has is way more intelligent than that. Yeah. And has more depth than that. And it, this is not a gory episode other than when they just, when they killed the older mammoth. Stab it in the eye. This is a tender episode. This episode is more mm-hmm. about emotion than it is they're fighting or anything else. Yeah, they're just taking anger out on them. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to kill them or anything like that i realized that like halfway through the fight i was like oh like if they wanted to kill him they would have at this point they're not taking that route they just are angry they're just wanting justice yeah like the the fact that the only really violent gory part of this is the killing of the older mammoth is just further adds to like the depth of this episode and what it's saying about everything going on. That was violent. What they're doing is unleashing anger and hurt. Yeah. They just, they found the people who did it. They're going to fucking be angry. It'd be the equivalent of like yelling at somebody if they did something to hurt you. And just showing the compassion just in this episode and eventually we'll show in other episodes. It's not all about like and, and I, I think I've already said this but it's like the show isn't just about them going around killing everything they see. It's way more than that. I think this episode really does show that. And I think that's why the first episode is so purposefully the way it is because if this were just a show about mindless killing and violence that's what they would have shown in the first episode. Yeah. They do a really good job of showing the reason behind any anger or violence instead of just showing the violence and learning later or not not learning later, but like kind of just let it they don't just let violence be violence. They they give a reason to all the violence, whether that be just to get something to eat and survive or to save your own life or save somebody else's life. It's not senseless violence. No. If you're expecting senseless violence, this is not the show for you. It No. <laughs> there are episodes where if you are looking for that, it will satisfy that. But overall, there's so much more to it than that. Yeah. And it's such like an interesting setting to kind of teach the lesson that when you do something and you think that it's not going to have any ripple effect or anything, there is going to be some effect by everything you do. Yeah. This show is so much deeper than what it shows itself to be. Like, it it has depth. Yeah, and that's why I just think it's such, like, an interesting setting to, to show that in. Yeah. It's not the first thing you think of when you think of, like, teaching that kind of lesson. No. I don't know how to explain it. Like, I wouldn't think I would learn this lesson through mammoths, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. By a caveman and a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it just adds to the ability of the show's storytelling. yeah. Through no dialogue, which is crazy. Ice Age didn't teach me this. Ice Age didn't say anything. Didn't say anything. No. But yeah, I totally agree. Is there anything more about this episode in particular? I like the flashbacks showing like individual moments with his kids rather than it just being like the idea of them existing still. Mm-hmm. It's so specific to the emotion that he's feeling. Personal. It's so specific. Yeah, like it has a it has a trigger for him that makes that memory resurface every time. It's not just like, oh, I'm kind of sad. I'm thinking about my family. And I really liked that. Yeah. In every aspect of it, it's like simple yet very detailed and thought out. I agree. Yeah. And I think you said everything about this episode that I would say. So the last thing I was going to talk about was, I don't want to spoil anything. I did write spoilers ahead. I don't want to talk about it if you do plan to continue watching the show, especially what I what I wrote down below. I'm the kind of person, you spoil something for me, it's gonna just make me want to watch it happen. Yeah. And see for myself. So you can go ahead. As long as you don't mind, because I am going to be directly talking about the last episode of season two. Really spoiling it. 
really really spoiling it yeah anybody else out there if you don't have the same view on spoilers that i do get out of here oh yeah i'm about to crack it wide open (laughs) leave if you don't want that (laughs) it's specifically how i dislike the last episode this second season okay it smells like spoilers ahead spoilers are ahead um (laughs) so i don't know why i wrote cold falling i didn't write anything after that write that down write that down I didn't write anything after that. It just has a big cold falling. Oh, I was going to add like fan art, but then I saw some weird fan art. And then I didn't yeah, don't don't ever do that. Because <laughs> I don't saw do that some to really yourself. cute ones where like kids like, would draw stuff. Yeah. And I would see like on um, their social media, but I made a mistake of going to like just Google, <laughs> Google images. I'm going to send some to you later. Don't. I, it really got so weird. So I stopped there. <laughs> Well, I don't need to see it. <laughs> no, if I saw you guys see it. No. I'm just kidding. It's nothing horrible. But there is one that made me just like, I fell on the floor laughing. I'm going to be talking about the last episode of season two. And I'm not going to spoil the whole season, but I will say they have this massive journey through the second season. They finally get to this place where they can be happy. Mm-hmm. And I told you about that character, Nira. And so I'm thinking, oh, like maybe they'll get together. Because like, you know, that's kind of what he wants. She seems to be interested or whatever. They get to this place and it's it's happy. But there is this final boss that is coming to get them for revenge. And it, literally this character came back from hell <laughs> to get them. And I have another thing about that, but it won't make sense until you see it. And then I'll mention it to you once you see it. <laughs> but anyway, this evil final boss does find them. And when you're watching two seasons of this show, when you are invested in these characters you've seen them fight almost everything and the amount of time and attention they work on their fight scenes and what they battle you would think the last episode of the season would spend some time on the fight scene (laughs) it lasts maybe two minutes and most of it is them falling down a cliff they're hardly fighting so this final big fight with this final big boss sorry i i looked in the middle read ahead i looked in the i didn't try to read i looked in the middle of the paragraph and looked at probably the worst part of it probably Uh, go on (laughs) go on though it lasts two minutes spends hardly time on what supposedly is like the biggest boss they ever fought. And during this time, this character came back from hell, so he's on fire. Spear gets really badly injured, really badly burned. He's on death's door. And it's not the fact that he's dying that made me upset, but it is how they finish off this character. Kind of literally... That's the part I read. In season two, and you can see this in season one too, he's grieving his loss of his family. He wants a family again. You know, he has Spear and uh, I'm not going to spoil that. Uh, you know, Spear and like he wants a family because they're finally yeah. finding this wonderful place. It's nice to settle down. Mm-hmm. I want to preface. This is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in a show in general. So he's on death's door and Nira does the deed with him as he's dying. You could say fuck. That's what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Read she, your words. She, she fucks him. She does. <laughs> and it's so weird and so random. I know why she did it, because she's like, well, he's dying, and I want him to have my babies, I guess. So she does that, and the final moments of the show is like, flash forwards, like, 16 years or something, and we get to see his daughter, and we get, um, gosh, shoot, I, I suppose a little bit more, but Spear ends up having two more babies, and they get grown. So we are left with this final moment of seeing, not Spear, but his daughter that was weirdly conceived and it's just so random and out of pocket and i don't know it did make me mad i was like i wouldn't have mind if 
Spear and Nero got together and they did have a family, but I, where's Spear? Why are they taking off Spear? Now, he is supposedly, we can assume he died. We didn't actually see him die. So maybe they're going to trick us in the third season. Um, I looked up, is Primal over? And there is a third season. There's a thir- supposedly a third season coming out. It says he lives. That's the whole thing. We didn't actually see him die. He's, we're assuming he's going to die because, you know, he's on death's door. But he's not shown in that, you know, the flash forward 16 years. It's just Nira, the daughter, and Fang and her new babies. It's just so random and so out of pocket. And it's just, it really throws off everything that this show built on and shown us through the last two seasons. Like, I wouldn't say there's a bad episode. There's episodes where I can't watch because it's so dark. Yeah. But there's really not a bad episode where I'm like, oh, that was just stupid. I never thought that about an episode for the show until the last fucking episode. So I will say, if you watch this show and you make it to the end, let me know what you think about the last episode. Because it truly was just, like, disappointing. That sounds just random and weird. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, apparently he's commented on it. On the ending. What do you know what he said? He said, I think if I killed Fang, I would be hunted. Yes. Okay. That is true. But I would have rather them die together and the story ends there. It would make even more sense if they die together and their children live on. But it's like, why just Spear? Why in that way? Why the final boss scene was so weak and so anticlimactic? So in this says he says that they asked what needed to happen in the finale for this battle to feel truly climactic given all the monstrous things spear survived before he said for this going into it i had no idea where of where i wanted to go the first red flag there yeah the whole scope of the series is about spears evolution he's kind of like the last caveman the last neanderthal so his evolution in a way is continuing his family he's facing this villain it's something that's beyond man i feel like if they beat them it's not right so why not go out in a blaze of glory he's doing everything to protect his family like usual but it's too much you want it to be realistic even though this is the most unrealistic show ever made you want it to be believable character wise to continue on with his daughter felt like the right thing it's just execute i get the point but it's just executed so weirdly and okay he said i want i want the final fight scene to be a blaze of glory why make it two minutes long nothing happened it was just executed so weirdly uh, uh, i'm still stuck on the fucking him as he's he's dying dying he's he's crispy Um, he's all crispy okay but the creator's daughter voices the daughter i did see that yeah that's sweet though and i don't mind that the daughter exists i think it's just weird how she exists yeah and i get the point like he wants to continue the his family and i understand that it's just it's just weird (laughs) i that i have There's no other episode where it makes you feel weird like that. So is the show specifically about Spears' daughter going forward, or do you see Primal as becoming more about Spears' family? I see it ending. I don't want to do this story further. I feel like this season we've done it all in a way. I want it to almost become an anthology show where season three would still be called Primal, but a different subheading okay so it's gonna be a different kind of thing but it's its last season hmm. he says there's more things he wants to do with primal but not necessarily with spear and fang hmm. that kind of makes sense because there's an episode that is different in its own way i wouldn't say it's bad it is very different that's probably the hint that he was where he was going to lean the show towards yeah 
and like whether or not Spear is alive by the next season, they're probably going to shift it away from him either way. Yeah. Hmm. That's just disappointing. Yeah, a lot of people were... I'm trying to see what Reddit had to say about this show. This I haven't heard a single person talk nice about the last episode. This person's saying something similar to you. They said, you know, as much as I personally wanted Spear to have a happy ending, I can see Gendy's rationale for not giving one. My problem is, despite all these points he's making, it just feels like the episode handled it poorly. It felt quick and unsatisfying. Yup. I'm not necessarily saying that the resolutions or themes he chose are wrong or anything, as if it would even matter if I did. I just feel like they weren't given the space to breathe that they deserved. The show has been very thoughtful and deliberate so far, and this felt thrown together. You watched the first three episodes, you know how thoughtful the show can be. The last episode is, it truly is just rushed. It truly feels like one person worked on it the last week. A lot of people are saying they wish they could have at least seen him happy first before he died. And I think that's a fair point. Realistic doesn't mean that it has to be fucking depressing, dude. Realistic can be happy. Realistic is happy all the time. (laughs) Yeah. He got the show right up until the last episode. It's really weird. I There's not a lot of shows where I think are just ruined from the last episode. It was really disappointing. I would disagree with you there. I think there are a lot of shows that are ruined by the last episode. Well, I can't think of any right now. But I've only seen three episodes. That doesn't sound like something that would happen in this show. It, it seems like what they should have done is like, oh, we're about to go fight this scary monster or whatever, this big demon thingy or like they had a daunting day ahead of us let's do the do here now while we have time not while you're fucking dying or even like they get to this happy place and they get a little bit of time where they live there and they're happy and him and nira are together maybe they have a baby before this big final boss comes and yeah that's how it ends i would have been happy with that and then we get a good fight scene last big climatic fight scene and yes he dies and it's sad but he did like you said, have happiness before. He's passing on like what he, what the creator was saying he was trying to do. Yeah. Like he's evolving by passing on to a new family. If he were to die, it would be like, okay, now he, his story is full circle. He started grieving and now he was able to rebuild the thing he lost in some way. Not exactly the same, obviously, but like he was able to get that love and whatever back. But no. It's fucked while he dies. It's so weird. And I know the the version I gave would have been like basic or maybe even a little corny, but I don't care. That's what I wanted. <laughs> That's what I wanted. It's leading into another season. It's not like a series finale. Yeah. It's just a season finale. Mm-hmm. You don't have to... We, just, we don't have to do... You don't have to end it like that. Ended in the first episode of the third season. How about let him be fucking happy for five minutes? I hope you do watch it because the second season is is really cool and has a great overall arc. I and that's the thing about this show. I love this show so much. And that's why the last episode just makes me so mad, is because of how good everything else about this show is. Especially the season. Season two is so fantastic and it's so cool. Well, the guy seems like he's over it. The guy seems like he was over the story. Yeah, and I hate when that happens. I hate when they just ditch something that's really, really good. And I get losing interest in something, but not when it's really good and you have millions of people loving it. Yeah. That's what happened to fucking, what's that show that we liked on Netflix? There's a few of those. Mindhunter. Oh no, that was just some bitch thinking his movie was going to do good. Movie I never heard anything about. No, I think COVID hit and nothing ever happened of it. That was so irritating. Irritating. Oh my God. I am stuck. 
still upset. I will forever be bitter about that. I've tried to rewatch Mindhunter, and I'm like, I know it, I know it's just gonna get nowhere. So why would I keep watching it? It leaves on some of the biggest cliffhangers. You know who I respect? Any showrunner who decides a limit on how long their show's gonna be. It's only gonna be this number of seasons and then it's over. There's a plan and I respect that. The shows that do that more often than not have a fucking satisfying ending yes. because they planned it out. Or an, or an overall good arc. But no, I'm still grieving Mindhunter. I will always be bitter about it. I've never watched a movie by him ever again. Oh no, I'm not supporting that guy whatsoever. You abandoned something that was so good. Anyway, it <laughs> it, it is hard to watch something so good get fumbled. Yep, so hard. And again, like you were saying, like, I understand if you're like tired of a story, I at least respect that he went along with a season renewal and was like, we'll take it in a different direction. Mm -hmm. Because if he's writing this after being tired, I would not want to watch a whole other season with the same characters, you know? Yeah. Like, I just want to reaffirm overall, this show is amazing and it does deserve a watch. Yeah. I'm sure there's already like a rewritten fan version of what happens, you know? Yeah, that'd be nice. I could rewrite one right now. Uh, we just did a second ago. Yeah, we just did a little. I told you like what I wanted to happen. I haven't even seen it. And I was like, just flip it around. Make yeah. the kid born before the, yeah, exactly. the big, let big him, fight. Let him have a little family before. But anyway, yeah. I would never have clicked on this if you didn't tell me to watch it. Well, I love that we do this because I would have never, you know, done Gossip Girl. But, you know, you've been telling me for years. Or erased. Or erased. But this is why we do it. So we can show each other shows that we would never watch on our own. Yeah, exactly. Not gonna lie, this is definitely gonna be a show that like I have to carve time out to like give it my attention. Yeah. So I don't think it'll be anything that I will be finishing anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. But I am at least interested enough and like and entertained enough to go back to it. Yeah. And I will say I'm kind of surprised that you liked it. I really couldn't tell if you were going to like it or not, but I'm really glad you did. We take such big swings with the TV shows we pick sometimes. This happens every time we're like, oh, you actually enjoyed you your liked it i'm so happy <laughs> but yeah i it, it's definitely a show that i have to be in the mood for but i did enjoy what i watched and that's enough for me to like have it as a consideration for a show to put on that's awesome i'm really glad if something makes me cry i'm bonded to it forever yeah exactly yeah every tiktok i've ever watched <laughs> exactly saved <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah you know thank you for suggesting this i'm glad you liked it i i'm glad you got so much out of it too it was really cool you had some really interesting things to say that i didn't really that i didn't necessarily think about when i first watched it yeah i do play video games so <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> I don't know if I have anything else to say. Do you have anything else you want to add? I don't think so. I, I think I've described the show exactly how I wanted to present it. Yeah. Okay. So if you have any other TV shows you want us to review in the future or any movies you want to suggest to us, you can reach us on our Instagram at Easy Bake Takes. We also have the TikTok at Easy Bake Takes. We have our website where we post our transcripts and our review overviews. That is EasyBakeTakesPodcast.com. We also have a letterbox where you can follow us. And don't forget to share us with a friend if you liked the episode and follow us and leave a review wherever you listen because it helps us out a lot and thank you so much for listening my name is kat and i'm riley this has been easy bake takes easy watching out there bye bye